In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Every year on All Saints Day, I remember Dietrich Bonhoeffer, the famous German pastor and theologian, and the letter he wrote in 1944 to his friend Eberhard Becke. In that letter, Bonhoeffer recalled a conversation he once had with a French priest. They talked about the nature of their vocation, what religious life was all about, what they hoped for, what they aspired to, and why I remember that letter and that conversation so well today is because the French priest said he would like to become a saint. We may smile at the youthful naivete of his ambition, but Bonhoeffer was impressed by his answer, and who would not be? As a Lutheran, however, sainthood would not be an obvious choice for Bonhoeffer. He confessed that he should like to learn to have faith. He clearly thought that his ambition was the more modest one. I actually think there's not a great deal of difference in their hope for the future. Each uses a different theological language, reflecting different theological traditions. Both responded to the call to witness. The French priest clearly connected sainthood with a life wholly dedicated to God's service, to be in the world, but not of the world. How that ambition unpacks in real life and what sacrifices he would be required to make are part and parcel for the French priest of becoming a saint. But the rewards promise to be nothing short of heavenly, as was illustrated in our reading tonight from the book of Revelation. We heard of those who stood before the throne and the Lamb, clothed in white robes, Who are they? The answer follows in the amazingly colourful apocalyptic language. Those who have passed through the great ordeal of life have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat For the Lamb shall lead them into living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. This is, of course, just one way of poetically and imaginatively engaging with the concept of holiness, of sainthood. The language of apocalyptic, of revelation, here also draws out the significance of the Church's worship and the sacraments on which it is centred. It is rich fare. Yes, sanctification is about theology as well as ethics. As the other reading tonight from the Sermon of the Mount illustrates so beautifully, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall, they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, they shall be called the called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Holiness, blessedness, and saintliness 
go hand in hand. Had the free French priest said to Bonhoeffer that he wanted to be part of the communion of saints, Bonhoeffer would have shared that ambition. Because in the Bible we find that Paul addresses his readers, the followers of Christ, as saints. Paul understands the essentially Jewish concept of the term, where it indicates the idea of separation. Israel was called to be God's holy nation. For Paul, the new people of Israel, those who followed the teaching of Christ, must similarly reveal an understanding of the love of God. The Holy One of Israel is just and compassionate, and God's people must reflect this. Saints in the Bible is essentially a communal term. The designation saints is a declaration of status and a reminder of what it entails. Paul writes to the Romans, chapter 1, verse 7, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints. And he tells the Thessalonians that sanctification is God's purpose. In the Apostles' Creed, we still say today, I believe in the community of saints. During the Reformation, this language about saints remained in the Book of Common Prayer and therefore in the Church of England, because it was indeed biblical. What could not be found in the Bible, but became part of the, tr of the tradition of the Roman Church, as well as the Eastern Orthodox Church, and in part of the Anglican Church, was the ven veneration of individual saints. That is a rather different kettle of fish. And of course, it is what the French priest was on about. All Saints' Day is connected with the elevation of particular individuals who are now believed to be in heaven because their courage, their heroism and the way they exemplified the Christian life. They give, give us a glimpse of heaven, a taste of the kingdom. For many, they are a lifeline to the divine presence. Sainthood Saintliness was at first mainly connected with martyrdom, and we have evidence of this understanding as early as the second century of the Christian era. Each year on the anniversary of a saint's martyrdom, the faithful assembled at his or her grave and celebrated the Eucharist there. It was an occasion for rejoicing and for triumph, a feast day, not a day of mourning. By the end of the 4th century, sainthood was extended to the ascetics in the wilderness, the desert fathers, and then to bishops and others. Those honoured as saints without having suffered martyrdom came to be known as confessors, a significant term, intimating that by confessing the Christian faith in their lives, they were bearing witness to Christ as effectively as martyrs did by their death. Many saints continue to be added to the church calendar of the Church of Rome. From the 10th century onwards, canonization came more and more into the hands of the Bishop of Rome, the Pope, and the process of formal canonization emerged. The life stories of those who have become saints are written down to encourage ordinary mortals to be good and to be holy. 
I grew up in the Protestant part of the Netherlands, and the only saint I ever came into contact with was Saint Nicholas, <coughs> Saint Claus, as he is known in Holland. And he was only heavenly in the sense that he brought lovely presents on the eve of December the 5th. Father Christmas or Santa Claus is clearly a peculiar adaptation. I never associated Sinterklaas with the church, or indeed with holiness. In Holland he's a secular saint, if that is not a contradiction in terms. But studying and teaching theology at Cambridge, and later teaching at Westcott House Theological College, where, as Rob says, I was his tutor, and what a pleasure and privilege that was. I have come to know and appreciate saints, admittedly in a down-to-earth Protestant Dutch sort of way. <laughs> I have been inspired by individual saints, the erudition of St. Hildegard, God of Bingen. I learned about our mother Jesus from Julian of Norwich and have come to love the originality, courage and brilliance of Teresa of Avila. And then, of course, the lovely St. Francis. His love for animals and his disdain for material wealth shaped his life and has been an inspiration to many. He said, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. What can I say? I wonder what became of the French priest. For all we know, he obtained sainthood. Perhaps not the formal kind that needs to be authorized by the Pope, but he may have joined all those anonymous women and men that lived kind, compassionate, generous, saintly lives, and who give us, in the here and now, a glimpse of heaven. Today we remember them in our thoughts and in our prayers. And what became of Bonhoeffer? Did he find faith? We find the answer in the letter that he wrote in prison, that same letter, on the 21st of July, 1944. He had been part of a failed attempt to kill Hitler. He wrote, Theological thoughts are in fact always occupying my mind, but there are times when I'm just content to live the life of faith without worrying about its problems. During the last year or so, he wrote, I've come to know and understand more and more the profound this-worldliness of Christianity, characterized by discipline and a constant knowledge of death and resurrection. At that point, he had been in, in prison more than a year. And he returned to the conversation with a French priest, he referred to that, and how impressed he was then by his life's ambition. He wrote, for a long time, I did not realize the depth of the contrast. I thought I could acquire faith by trying to live a holy life, by being in the world, but not of it. I discovered later, and I'm discovering right up to this moment, it is only by living completely in this world that one learns to have faith. By this worldliness, I mean living unreservedly in life's duties, 
problems, successes and failure, experiences and perplexities. In so doing, we throw ourselves completely into the arms of God, taking seriously not our own suffering, but those of God in the world, watching with Christ in Gethsemane. That, he wrote, I think, is faith. John Henry Newman, that remarkable scholar, that remarkable new saint, would say, we advance to the truth by experience of error. We walk to heaven backwards. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was executed on April the 9th, 1945. He is remembered on that day in the calendar of holy days of the Church of England. And we remember him today joyfully and gratefully. And we remember all those whose Christian witness through history has been a blessing for us all. Amen.